have a question for you all. Who am I, right? It says, who am I? And it says, I am blessed. But I don't know about you, but see, Satan tries to tell me that I am tired. <laughs> Most of the time I say, when somebody says, how are you? I always say, I am busy. I realize, like, that's not really an appropriate response. <laughs> like, I should not say I am busy all the time. Um, I could say I am stressed, I am overwhelmed, right? You know, busy seems like the, the better and the softer of the two. But really the answer is, who am I? I am blessed. Now, can we see that scripturally, right? I don't know, because sometimes I'm upset. Sometimes I am sad. Who am I when I'm depressed? Who am I when I'm angry? Who am I if I'm unemployed, right? I am always blessed. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 1. You might be familiar with this passage. It is introduction to the Sermon on the Mound. That's what it's titled in my, my Bible, so... It says, now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. That's what I should do. When I see the crowds, I should just go and sit down. I usually stay on my feet and like running around trying to tell people what to do. But Jesus, he just went and sat down. And the disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. I don't know about you, but when I'm depressed... I'm sad. My, I feel poor in spirit, right? Right? It's like I might have money, but if I'm sad or depressed, that's poor in your spirit, right? He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. So who am I when I'm depressed or sad? I am blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. Talk about depression. Talk about grief. I mean, you don't have to have somebody die to be in mourning, right? You could be like going through a divorce and be in mourning. You could be in a job loss and be in mourning. You could literally have the world be in a pandemic and be in mourning that you can't like go to the movies like you used to love to go to the movies, right? I mean, I don't know if the movie theater is going to bounce back. And I, I, I'm just being honest. That was like the biggest thing I've missed out on. Like when I was a young person, we didn't go to parties and drink alcohol. I've never, I never was at, you know, when you watch those movies, like 16 Candles and they're all at somebody's house and the house is trashed. I never have experienced that. I was never invited to those parties. They did not want Sister Mary coming and like reporting on what was going on. So what did me and my crowd do? We would go to the movies. Like, that was like my thing. And I'm going to have grandchildren who have no idea what a movie theater is. Like, it's going to be a retro thing for me to pick them up and take them to some little state theater to watch some sort of movie, right? And buy them popcorn. And they're going to be like, but why do I have to put M&Ms in my popcorn, Grandma? And I'm going to be like, because you have to. This is how you eat your, your popcorn. You eat it with M&Ms, right? Okay, what is the point I'm making? A lot of us are mourning something, and it doesn't have to be a death. Some of us, right, it is a death. But I'm still blessed. 
I love this Sermon on the Mount because, like, he's basically telling you there's no reason for you not to be blessed. You might not feel it, but you are blessed. You might have Satan screaming in your ear something louder than what is truth, but you are blessed. Right? If you are poor in spirit, you are still blessed. If you are in mourning, you are still blessed. Blessed are the meek. For they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For they shall be filled. How many of us feel like, well, I'm just still hungry. I just don't got enough. God's not listening to me. God's not, I'm not hearing from God, Mary. I'm not hearing from God. I'm not here. You're thirsting, right? If you're not hearing from God, that means you're not, you've got a desire for something you don't have, right? I'm not hungry for something I just ate. You're still blessed. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Well, I feel like I got everything right. You're blessed. I got, feel like I got everything wrong. You're blessed. I feel really sad and depressed. You're blessed. What? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when people insult you. You know how many people come into my office and are insulted and are offended by somebody in their Usually it's somebody in your life, right? It's a boss. It's a co-worker, it's your child, it's your parent, it's your spouse, it's your boyfriend, it's your girlfriend, it's your neighbor, right? Well, they're insulting me. They're persecuting me. They're, they're wrong and I'm right. I always let, listen, yeah, yeah, okay. Guess what? You're blessed. You're blessed. Blessed are when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say evil things against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Here's the thing. We might not believe it, but it doesn't change the truth that we are. You might not know it, but you are blessed. You are blessed, you are blessed, you're blessed. I've been thinking about this all week, right? Because, you know, I've been working on this. And, and you know what keeps going through my head is, and, and that now I'm going to get political. I'm not trying to get political. I'm just trying to give you a, just a practical example. Is I think about what's happening in Afghanistan. For any of you that have not seen the news, our military is leaving Afghanistan. The Taliban and, the, you know, ISIS, the Muslim extremists are rising up and they're persecuting Christians are pulling them out of their houses. They're killing them. They're going after anybody that helped the U.S. when we were there. And so in the midst of the U.S. leaving, tons of Afghanistan people who don't want to be underneath this Taliban rule are rushing to the airport. They're trying to leave. Okay. So now the Muslim extremists are going in with suicide bombers and they blew up a bunch of people. 13 U.S. soldiers uh, passed away. So I, one was a Navy and one was... Um, army and then the rest are marines i believe i'm thinking about that country right and the government that is now about to be there 
And I start thinking about the United States of America. And I'm thinking about this, like, who are we? We're blessed. And I think about our origins as a country and how literally people left European countries to be able to come to a place where they could just have religious freedom. And a lot of our values and how we've set up government and what we do is they call it Judeo-Christian values, okay? So you've got a place like Afghanistan that has Islamic values. That's, that's their main religion there as they're, as they're trying to lead and take over as we leave. Those values are different than Judeo-Christian values, all right? Christianity came in and says, we're going to take care of widows. We're going to take care of orphans, right? We're going to have orphanages. We're going to take care of children. That's why we have foster care system. In other countries, they don't have those same values, right? Their, their thought is, we can have a girl as long as she's at least nine years old as a wife, right? Where their values are totally different. And that's why a lot of the women are being persecuted there and they want to leave. But... All of a sudden, it hit me, the song that we sing and we declare over our country. And we sing this in many different events, but the God bless America, land that I love. Da, 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 da. I'm not a singer, and I don't know this song by heart. I bet if I asked Pastor Nicole to come up here, she could sing this song. But I think about all the different sporting events, all the different country concerts and different things we've had. Fourth of July, we declare that we want God to bless our country. We literally live in a country that is blessed, that we as Americans have no problem saying, God bless America. Like, we want this country blessed. We have leaders declaring that all the time. And we can see in comparison to other countries how blessed we are, right? We literally have a surplus of vaccines, whereas there's many other countries, some of them developing countries, they don't have an excess of vac- vaccines available. Like, we can choose whether or not we take them or not, right? There's other countries where they, where they just, they don't have the wealth, they don't have the industry, they don't have the capitalism and the, and the things that we have. And so their country is like begging, like, you know, look at India. India is like, please send us more vaccines. They had so many people die that they were putting them in their rivers and just letting the bodies float away because they had nowhere to bury them. They had just such, so many people dying. But America is blessed. Why? Because we've asked God to bless us. So I'm telling you the fact is that God, Jesus, is standing there saying, you don't feel like it, you're still blessed. You're in mourning, I want you to be blessed. And now what do we do with that knowledge of it? Okay? We have to do something with it. Because even though you don't feel like it, you need to still do something with it, okay? Some of you didn't feel like coming here tonight. You looked at the weather, and it was going to be, it's like 90-some degrees outside, and it's going to be pouring rain. But you came anyway. Why? Because you made that choice to come. So just because you don't feel like it doesn't mean you don't do something with it. So a lot of people say, like, okay, well, I know that God is saying I'm blessed. I don't feel like I'm blessed. What am I supposed to do with this? All right? Number one, no matter what you're going through, know that you are blessed. No matter what, what it is. Mary, what about I sinned, I shoplifted, and I'm like now going to jail? You're blessed. You are blessed. Sinning is not a precursor to whether or not you can be blessed. We're not blessed because we are good. We are blessed because he is good. 
So pray that while you're in jail, you get the best public defender that's there. You have mercy from them there. You be humble and know what God wants you to do and just, you know, do what you need to do to have the best outcome. And pray for a blessing while you're going through the process of being convicted of shoplifting, right? Why well, can't ask God to bless me while I'm being convicted of shoplifting? Why not? I would. Lord, I screwed up, right? Especially if you're humble enough to say, I know I did it, right? If you're still in denial, well, then you're not going to be willing to, to go down, walk down that path. But, you know, when you screw up, that's where God needs to come in. I remember one time it was like a rainy day and I was just going really way too fast. I had this um, teal blue minivan. It was like, I don't know, Dodge Grand Caravan or something like that. I'm driving and I was just going too fast and I was being stupid and I pulled the wheel too fast and all of a sudden I start spinning out of control and I'm in this farm field and I was like, that's not the time to say, I'm a screw up. God can't save me. Uh-uh. I was like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I put my hands up in the air and I was like, literally, I was just saying, Jesus, Jesus. And not in a curse word. No, in a hope me, Jesus. And all of a sudden it was like somebody grabbed my wheel and I was like, like literally it was like controlled. Like I start straightened right out and I kind of slowly went back up on the road and I was like, oh, and I grabbed the wheel and I kept on going. And literally in the midst of your struggle, when you have a hello, hallelujah, I need help moment, you ask for help. Because see, that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to tell you, oh, there's times when you can't ask for his help. You can always ask for his help. He wants to bless you. So no, number one, no matter what you're going through, he wants to bless you. Number two, ask repeatedly for these blessings. Ask for them. He promised them to you. Ask them. Ask him. Ask him. When my kids were really little... I started planning a trip one year to take them to Disney. All right? My mom was down there at the time. I was going to go visit her. Matt and Faith were like five and four. And I was, you know, I had been saving up for a long time. I was going to go visit my mom. And we were going to go take them one day to Disney. And my friends knew I had been doing this. And one of them came by the house and they looked at Matthew and they were like, oh, aren't you getting so excited about your Florida trip? And I was like, Shh. yes, we're going to Florida and we're seeing grandma. We're seeing grandma. That's all I'm talking about today. We're seeing grandma. And my friend was like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, don't you dare tell them they're going to Disney. I don't want them to know. Are you kidding me? Once you tell a kid they're going to Disney, what are they going to do? Every single day, multiple times a day. When are we going to get there, Mommy? Are we going to see Mickey, Mommy? When are we going to Disney, Mommy? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, that's a thing you tell them on the plane on the way there. Like, you don't tell them that, like, two months before you go. Why? Because any kid that knows a blessing is coming is going to ask for it. Right? Think about it. All of a sudden, Christmas. I already, it is what? August 29th, had one of my kids today say something to me about Christmas. They, I, I can't hide it from them anymore. They're old enough to know. I had one of them say the other, you know, for Christmas, mom, and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? But this is how kids are. You promise them something. They know that blessing is coming. They're going to start asking. Now, you all are God's kids. And he has promised you Disneyland blessings. 
How many times do you ask him and remind him of that? Because he's way more gracious than me. Like, you know, he's like, okay, is that what you want? All right. Jesus tells us to do this. Let's look at Luke chapter 18. He taught us. He tells us to ask. And we go on the Bible, it says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. In Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 1, Jesus actually said to the disciples, he says, then Jesus told him a parable to his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused. And she came back and he refused and she came back. And he refused, and she came back. And her neighbors told her she was crazy, that he didn't care about her. And she came back. And she doubted in her mind and wondered if this man would ever listen to her. And she came back, and she asked, and she asked, and she asked, and she asked, and she asked. And Satan whispered in her ear and tried to discourage her, and she still went back to that man. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I love this. Jesus is saying, look, if an unjust judge will eventually do what is right because of persistence, and of course he uses the example of a widow woman because in their society she was of the lowest rank, Normally, if she would have had a a husband or a son, somebody to speak up on her behalf, they would have gone and talked. If he is going to do what is right for her, how much more will your heavenly father want to help you as children? But he ends it with, however, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. It requires faith from you to ask God something in prayer. Because you only ask God in prayer because you believe he will actually do it for you, right? I don't ask Pastor Nicole to come over and change the light bulb on my Jeep. Not that she's willing. She'd be willing to help me if I really, like, if I called her up at 2 o'clock in the morning and said, oh, my gosh, Nicole, something bad happened. I need you to come to the house. I know she'd be willing to come into my house. But I don't ask her to do things that I know she's not capable of doing, If I need someone to help me change a light bulb on my Jeep and take apart the fender to get to it, I would ask Jason because he has the ability and knows how, right, to do something like that. Just like if I needed a sink removed, I would ask Clay, right, because I know that he knows how to do home construction. Like, I know their ability, so I ask them for help because I have faith in their ability to do it. When we refuse to ask God to help us, He's saying, it's like you lacked the faith. Do you not believe 
that God is willing and he is able. See, I always say we always do our best and then we ask God to do the rest. If you're talking to me about something too long, I might just stop right where I am and pray for you. I've literally been in restaurants before, and I'm like, I don't care who's around. I'll be like, let's pray. Some of you that have been out with me have known that I'm do this. One time I was with somebody just recently. Started, I'm like, I'll, pray, I'll pray over the food. Well, I didn't pray over the food. I started praying for the situation. I started praying for the person. And all of a sudden we got done, and I'm about to eat sushi. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. i got to bless this food, you know, because this is raw. Like, let's... I, I just took five minutes praying for everything else. In Jesus' name, bless this food to my body. Amen. You know, because I have faith. You can sit there and tell me all that's wrong, and I can listen to you, but I can't help you. I can't fix it. But God, I know the one who can. So I love this passage, right? There was a widow in that town that kept coming to the judge with a plea, grant me justice against my adversary. And for some time he refused. But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because of this widow woman keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come back and attack me. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Did you ask for God to bless you today? Did you ask God to bless you last night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you that he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Number one, no matter what you're going through, God wants to bless you. Number two, ask repeatedly for blessings. Ask and keep on asking, right? Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. I didn't actually like grab that passage and, and ask Jesse to put that up, but I was listening to someone talk about how this, that particular passage, um, the way the Greek word for that was, it was like a present tense, like an ongoing tense. And if you read that passage in amplified that that takes a little bit more time to explain what the greek word meant in english it's it's luke chapter 11 um it really it goes into more detail he says keep on asking right where it says ask and you shall receive knock and the door will be open to you and the question is, is will we keep on asking will we continue to keep on seeking will we ask him day and night I've had friends of mine come to me, and they're like, oh, Mary, can you pray about this? And then a month later, they're discouraged. And I'll be like, we're not done praying about that. You don't pray once, and it happens. That's like you're being told you're going to Disney next year. And all of a sudden, you see me two weeks after you tell me about it and say, my mom didn't take me to Disney. She's taking you next year. That's why I didn't tell the kids, right? Because it's like, I don't want them. They got short memory spans, right? God said he's going to do this. He's going to bless you. You might not know how, you might not know when, but his word is true. Do not doubt. Do not let Satan tell you that you don't deserve it or he's not going to do it. No, you just keep on asking and you keep on trusting and you keep on believing. Now, the big question is, it's like, okay, now what once I get that blessing? 
That's a lot of times, you know, it's like we can sit down and talk and be like, when was the last time you had something big going on? How did God bless you in that situation? Right? And, I, and a lot of times we, we have blessings. We, we can talk about past victories. But once you have that blessing, then you really need to do something with it. And what I propose that you do is very biblical, and that is to give. Right? So when you do get blessed, you should give with that blessing. Let's look here in Genesis chapter 14. We see Abraham. He, he found himself in a situation with his cousin. Well, I guess it's his nephew, Lot. And uh, Lot got kidnapped. I mean, nowadays, if somebody gets kidnapped, you can call the police. And you have the FBI and the CIA and the sheriff and the state police. And you have everybody kind of helping you out. But back then where they lived, you know, you, you, gotta, you had to just like figure it out on your own, right? Now, Abraham was a blessed man. And Abraham had over 300 young men that were born and raised in his household and been raised up. Now, if you remember correctly, Abraham was like in his 90s before he had his first son. So where do these 300 men come from? Well, in that culture was much different. You found a good man to work for if your family didn't have any wealth and they would put you up. So part of your pay would be room and board, clothing, food protection, and then that is be who you worked with. So Abraham... If we see here in Genesis chapter 14, verse 14, it says, When Abraham heard that his relative had been taken captive, he called out the 318 trained men born in his household and went pursuit as far as Dan. Now, for him to have just, you know, military men of that age, 318 of them, he had to have had a lot of wealth to be able to just feed them all because they probably had wives and they probably had kids and there's probably a lot of young men that weren't, you know, quite of age yet. But he had 300, was it 314 or 318? I want to say 318 of them ready to go. So this was already a man that was blessed. And he understand the principle of blessings, okay? Blessings of wealth, blessings of um, leadership ability to do all these different things. It says, during the night, Abraham divided his men to attack them. And he routed them and pursued them as far as Horban, north of Damascus. He recovered all the goods and brought back his relative Lot and his possessions, together with the women and the other people. Basically, these raiding parties had come through a bunch of towns, and they didn't just grab Lot. They had grabbed a lot of different things, possessions, wealth, um, and women and children. And they would kill the men, and they would take the women and the children, because the young children they would then raise up as slaves and would use them. But... Abraham went, and he didn't just save his relative. He saved the other towns that he lived near, his neighbors. He saved them all. They didn't have enough of their forces to go, but Abraham did. He recovered all the goods and brought back his relative Lot and the possessions together with the women and other people. After Abraham returned from defeating Cordelamar and the kings allied with him, the king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Shavi, that is the king's valley. Then... Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High, and he blessed Abraham, saying, Blessed be Abraham by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and praise be to the God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Then Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. And the king 
And then it goes on about what the king and them all do. But I love this is that here Abraham, he's already been blessed. And he could just say, okay, I got more wealth now. I'm going to continue to be more blessed. But instead, when he met with everybody and he met with the priest and the priest says, I'm going to bless you even more because you did this great thing. You could have just went and got your nephew, but instead you saved everybody. You brought all this wealth back. And what is the first thing Abraham does is he takes a tenth of everything they received and he gives it to the priest and he tithes. And this is a concept that we see throughout the Old Testament, and then Jesus talks about it into the New Testament, and I'm not going to get dogmatic about it. But I want to just bring this point to be that I can't talk about, and I wanted to talk about it without talking about this, but God wouldn't let me. I can't talk about asking for, recognizing that you are blessed, asking for more blessings, and then receiving blessings and not telling you, that one of the things that you can do with that blessing is to make sure that it's blessed is to tithe off of that blessings and to put it back into God's kingdom. Because God's scripture is so clear with this. Here you had somebody that had all this wealth, he had all this stuff, and yet what is the first thing he does is he gives. I remember um, one of the, I was in a car ride with a bunch of ladies and um, one of the lotto things was up really, really high. And so I'm like, I'd spend $2 for a lotto ticket. Wouldn't that be awesome, right? Like, think of how many dream centers we could create, right? It was like something ridiculous at the time. It was like 500 million. I think it's gotten higher since then. But at the time, it was like the highest it ever been. It was like $500 million or whatever. And one of the ladies in the car, I remember her saying, I remember this so clearly because I thought like, why would you admit that you wouldn't do that? But she was having an epiphany moment. She was like, Mary, she goes out of everybody in this car. You're the only one that I believe if God actually allowed you to win that, that you would actually give almost all of it away. And, and I'm thinking like, well, wouldn't you, like, if you got that, I mean, what would you do with that much money? Wouldn't you want to give it away? Wouldn't you want to bless God's people? Wouldn't you want to, you know, wouldn't you want to like do all this stuff? And she's like, Mary, I don't think most people would. She goes, you know, you might say, I'll give a little bit. She goes, but it's hard for people to tithe 10% of their income, let alone, you know, like get that much money and to say like, okay, I'll just keep 10% or keep 1% of that much money and I'll give the rest of it away. She goes, I don't believe most people would. And, she, and it was just interesting, this conversation we had, because the question is, is we ask for these blessings and I really want you to ask yourself in your heart, what am I going to do with them once I have them? Right? God wants you to be blessed. But the whole concept of having 10% of it that you can give back into God's kingdom and give to, you know, in this case, it was the, the priest of the Most High God. And then to trust God, it's that faith that you're trusting that they're going to use that in some way that is going to benefit. And there's all different ways that we can give. You know, we live in America where, like, there's nonprofits in godly kingdoms, or they're not kingdoms, but they're non-organizations all over Bay City. You know, you can pray and ask the Lord, show me. You know, there's, there's youth organizations in Saginaw that are helping so many people. There are food pantries. There's organizations that are helping young women that are scared and pregnant. There are all kinds of places that you can give and you can 
invest in, and you can take those blessings. Some of us are blessed with talent, right? Some of us are blessed with time. I remember when we first moved to Bay City, that was one of the first things I had ever been blessed with was time. In, in my previous life, I worked two, three jobs and went to school part-time. I didn't have time to do hardly anything that I wanted to do. And when we moved to Bay City, Todd worked full-time, and I had all this time on my hands when the kids were at school. And I was like, what do I want to tithe my time to? I didn't, I didn't use 40 hours a week and volunteer at the Good Samaritan Rescue Mission. There were times where maybe I went to go see a movie, right? It was pretty rare, but sometimes I did, right? Sometimes I, like, found a friend and said, like, hey, there's a 1 o'clock showing. We can go see a movie and get back by the time our kids are out of school. But most of the, you know, I could, I could tithe some of my time. I could use some of my talents to help. So I love that this is an example of when Abraham, and obviously I would argue if that was his first response when he sees the priest when he comes back with all this wealth, that that was probably a lifestyle choice for Abraham. That probably wasn't the first time that he tithed some of his wealth and some of his things to honor God. So let's talk about expecting. A lot of us expect bad things to happen, and that's where our mind goes. That's what causes worry. That's what causes um, anxiety, right? Well, you know, what if I go on this trip and I get sick? What if I do this? What if I do this? And I'm not saying that, like, I don't ever plan things out in my head. Like, when I go on a really long trip, especially if it's a place where I don't think I'm going to have a pharmacy that looks anything like Rite Aid, I bring some Imodium AD, I bring some Motrin, I bring some Zantac. You know, like, it's like, if I'm going down to Mexico for a few days, like, I'm going to, you know... What all might be going on, I'm going to bring stuff with me. Now, planning for something and worrying about something are two totally different things, right? I can, I can say I don't expect to get sick, but if I do get sick, I want to make sure I have what I need. And I bring it with me just in case. But when we expect to be blessed, we start planning out what am I going to do with that blessing, I remember after I had that conversation about that $500 million lotto ticket, and I'm not saying to go out and spend your whole paycheck on lotto tickets. I know you guys all are all hearing me using this as an example. I spent $2, right? You go get a $2 ticket. You get a chance to win. Very slight chance, but it's a chance. I made a list of all the people I was going to bless. I did. I went home, and I was like, oh place in Saginaw, I'm going to bless them, and that place in Midland, I'm going to bless them, and the Beacon of Hope, I'm going to bless them, and the, right, the Good Samaritan Rescue Mission, I'm going to bless them, and, and, I, and I, I expected, right, that if I won, I would bless these organizations, and I remember after losing, I was going to throw that list away, God kind of, you know, talked to me about that, and he said, uh, what are you going to do with that list? I said, I'm going to throw it away. I didn't win $500 million. And he said, wait a minute here. You can't bless them with what you got right now? So maybe you can't give, speaking of hope, $1 million, but can you give them $100? And I was like, oh, yeah, I can. Yep, I can do that. You might not be able to give, right, new deliverance 
in Saginaw a million dollars, but can you give them $50, right? Can you give, can you give the, the Good Samaritan Rescue Mission $10? Like, what can you do with what you have right now? See, you might be waiting for the big blessing, but what God's word said is you're blessed right now. What do you have? What are you blessed with? Yeah, maybe I'm not blessed with everything I want. Well, then I'm going to ask. Day and night, I'm going to ask. You know, we kind of went through a phase about the um, name it, claim it. And so some people kind of like, well, if I, I, I only have to say it once. I only have to ask once. And then if I ask again, then I'm doubting and I, and I already have it. Well, guess what? Sometimes we don't have it. Like, I might say, Lord, I need a new job, and I'm going to claim for a new job, and tomorrow when I get up, I don't got a new job. And I don't believe that it's doubt for me to ask him again. No, it's faith that he's the one that's able to get me the new job, so I'm going to ask him again, right? And so it's okay to keep on asking. Jesus told us that. He used that example of the woman going to the unjust judge and asking, asking, asking. He says, day and night, ask. And will not God do this for you? So I don't know what your situation is and whether or not you need to recognize that currently you are blessed beyond belief. If you don't believe me, find some article online that talks about what the women and the men in Afghanistan that are Christians are going through, and you're going to recognize that you are blessed that you live in America. Let's just stop right there, right? We're blessed that we live in America. Thank the Lord Jesus. And Father, please help those people and all the military men that are still over there. Help them get home safe in the name of Jesus. Number one, you are blessed. Number two, if you do need additional blessings, it's okay to ask. God wants you to ask. He has promised that he will never leave you nor forsake you. He is with you, and he wants you to be blessed, but he wants you to not stop asking because you believe he is the one that is able to do it. And number three, once you receive that additional blessing, sow a portion of it for future blessings. The Bible is clear, right? When you, you reap what you sow, what does that mean? Uh, you harvest what you plant. You know, some people get upset. They're like, Mary, I planted corn seed and I harvested corn. Yep. That's the whole principle of you reap what you sow. Right? Well, I, I keep getting this type of blessing, but I'm not getting this type of blessing. Well, how are you sowing that type? Right? It's so funny. I got this cute little bear one time from a friend, and it, and it was a little bear, and it had this little like, pillow in front of it. And it said something like, when you sow a seed of friendship, you reap a bouquet of friendliness. Or I don't, It was something like that. But what I got out of it was, when I invite somebody to lunch as a friend... I now have friends that invite me to lunch, right? You know, it's like, it's like, well, people don't have me over to their house. Well, how many people have you invited to your house? Right? You know, it's like, well, well, nobody invites me to go to the movies. You can invite them. How many people have you invited to the movies? Right? You know, it's like, well, you know, I, I reap in this way, but I don't harvest it in this way. Well, how are you planting? If you want corn, you got to plant corn seed. If you want green beans, you got to plant green bean seeds, right? 
So if you need more money in your pockets, well, where can you cut a little bit and sow that? And tell God when you put in the offering, I am putting this in the offering because I need this multiplied back because I need to be able to pay this bill or I need to be able to do this or do that. What can you sow and ask the Lord that you want to reap that back? But he wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. He loves you. You are blessed. When you're angry, you are blessed. When you are depressed, you are blessed. When you're poor in spirit, you are blessed. When you're being insulted, you are blessed. And because you are blessed, don't be afraid to ask for more blessings. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. That's what the Amplified, how it refers to that verse. It says that it's the present tense. And what Jesus was telling us is don't stop. Don't just ask once and then say, God didn't hear me. Seriously? I got four kids. And Christmas is three months away. If one of them brings up something now and I don't hear again about it between now and December, you think they're going to get it? No. Not happening. But I got one kid that's going to ask me the same thing every day for about three weeks before Christmas. Guess what? That kid's probably going to get that. Right? Because I am, like, not going to hear afterwards. Like, I asked you every day for three weeks. And that's how it is with God. Like, he is waiting. Where is your faith? Do you believe I'm going to give you that? Well, what do you need? You know, sometimes... We need to be creative in what we're asking God for. You know, you, you talk to somebody and you're like, well, I just, if this would change, you know, if this thing here would happen, and it's like, well, what needs to happen? What, let's pray. You know, let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, you know what we need. We need your blessings. You promised us, and you are a God that keeps your word. So I'm asking you right now that every single person here that is hearing this message, I'm asking you to bless them. Give them wisdom. Show them. Maybe they're not even asking for the right thing, right? You know, maybe they've got like some sort of health condition and they're saying, well, why isn't God blessing my health? Well, maybe, Father God, you got to show them and bring somebody in their life that'll like open their eyes to, to what they need to do to, to have that change in their life. Maybe they need to start exercising. Maybe you need to bless them with a pool so they can start swimming. Maybe you need to bless them with a, with a exercise buddy so they can start going to the gym together. Like whatever you need to bless them with so that their health begins to change. Maybe they just need a miracle and you just need to like totally um, reset their pancreas. I don't know. But Father God, you know what they need. Show them so they can ask you specifically. And may they not stop asking until they have seen it manifest in their life. Because you are a God who keeps his word and you want them blessed. So bless them. Bless them with their health. Bless them with their finances. Bless them with their emotions and their soul relationships. Watch over them and keep them safe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you all have a wonderful day. Definitely check out the blessing shop. It's open downstairs. And we will see you all next Sunday at 10 a.m. And be blessed. Amen.